that's how this millennial kingdom is going to start. This isn't the great white throne judgment. A lot of people will try to make it that. Matthew 25. Look at there real quick. Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. I'll read a few verses here. Matthew 25, beginning in verse 31, tells us the context. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. If you're there, read 32 with me. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Now, if you keep your finger there, and you look at our text back in verse 3 of Micah 4, it says, And He shall do what? Judge among many people and rebuke strong nations. Who, what are we looking at here? Nations. Isn't that what your Bible says in verse 32? Yeah. And before Him shall be gathered all? Nations. nations. But it'll be nations, it'll be individual people. So verse 3 is right when it says people, but also nations, because that's how it breaks down. So look at verse 33, And He shall set the sheep on His right hand. That's why we're all called right-wingers. <laughs> but the goats on the left—that's not an accident. I, you know, I, I've told people through the years. I've heard preachers joke about it. I don't think it's a joke at all. I think it's by design. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason why the devil's crowd even calls you right wingers. Right. And they like to be called leftists because they know they're goats. <laughs> Jesus sat down on the right hand. Yeah, Jesus is on the right hand, not on the left hand. Yeah, that's not... I, I believe it. There's, it's there for a reason. Then verse 34. Then shall the what? The king. king. So it's the same context. What we're talking about Micah chapter 4. Then shall the king say unto them on his right. right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, uh, he's going to be nice to these people. Verse 35, For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. It just reminded me, I was taking care of my dad, you know, the last few days, and he just wanted water. And it's this constant thing, oh, I need water. You know, give him water. And uh, my brother went over to uh, give him water because no one was sitting next to him at the moment. And I said, great is your reward. Jesus said, give a, 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 as much as a cup of water in my name, you'll be rewarded. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we could do that for strangers, too. We've done that many times. We've gone into, and I'm not tooting my arm, I'm talking about my, my people, uh, church family, gone into nursing homes to people whose family neglect them, but they spend time with them and give them something to drink or whatever. And that's, it all plays into this. Verse uh, 36, Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. This has special application to those Jews that are going to be imprisoned and killed during the tribulation period. There's going to be a bunch of Gentiles that are going to help them out. There'll be, uh, some of them will be Christians, but it doesn't mean, this isn't for salvation. This is a judgment to get into the literal kingdom. Mm -hmm. So they may not be believers, but they don't have the mark. And they've been good to the Jews. How many people know people right now who aren't saved and they're good to the Jews? Well, if they do that during the uh, tribulation, that'll get them into the millennium. Now, they'll, they can rebel at the end or rebel at some point during the millennium and they still will lose out. But if they go in the millennium and they stay faithful to the Lord, they'll be saved. 
Then verse 37, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? Verse 38, When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Verse 39, Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And this is what we love this answer. Read 40 with me. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. That's a Jew named Jesus talking about his brethren who are Jews. Now I believe it's applicable if you're good to anybody, but if you, uh, Galatians talk about especially those of the household of God, you'll be rewarded for that. But at this judgment, it's all about those Jews. Uh, look at 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the... Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Well, verse uh, 42, For I was hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Verse 44, Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? 45, Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. Read 46, And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life eternal. Now, back to verse 3. What's it say? He's going to judge among many people. And he says, and rebuke strong nations afar off. That's what you just read. He starts the tribulation with bringing the sheep in and rebuking the nations that were against Israel. That's what you're reading there in verse 3. So then it continues, verse 3. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares. That means they'll use what they were using for war, they'll use it for farming. <laughs> and their spears into pruning hooks. So this is exactly what the prophet Isaiah said. We've talked about this parallel thing, but this is pretty uh, exact here. Go to Isaiah chapter 2. We, we covered this about 130 weeks ago in Sunday school. <laughs> Isaiah 2, verse 4. And what do you see there? Did you think you got back to Micah 4, verse 3 again? <laughs> Read it. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Now, who's quoting who here? Because it's the exact same thing. Isaiah and Micah are saying the same thing. They're both simply quoting God. <laughs> you actually hear debates about that. You're like, just, you know, it's God's word. They're prophets speaking God's word. It makes sense they'd be quoting each other, you know, or at least quoting the same thing from the original author. That's what's happening. The United Nations plazas, granite staircases, right across the street from the United Nations in New York City, has this same quote, and it's attributed to Isaiah. If you go there, you'll see a picture, or you see the wall. Here's a picture of that. 
And uh, on the wall is a Bible verse. United Nations now. Isn't that pretty impressive? If you look there, it says, They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Isn't that, it's pretty impressive, except what's missing? The first part, judgment. <laughs> Wouldn't you know? They'd add out the part where God's going to rebuke them and judge them. That's what that really is. And all, and he shall judge the among the nations, united nations, and shall rebuke many people. <laughs> so that's why they cut that out. They didn't want to be, uh, you know. So back to our text then that. Uh, in, in Micah where uh, he says the same thing as uh, Isaiah, but he's, uh, they're both quoting God. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation. That is exactly the opposite of what is happening today, which is another reason we believe the rapture has to be getting close. I mean, let's look what Jesus said over Mark about these last days that matches what we're seeing here. Uh, the opposite of what's going to happen in the millennium. Mark 13, 7 and 8. Get my page turned. Mark 13, 7 and 8. Jesus said, And we, when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. Why? Read verse 8 with me. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. We're seeing the beginnings of sorrows right now. When Jesus returns, that'll be the end of wars. That'll be the end of the nation against nation. But before that, and before the rapture, we're seeing exactly what the Bible tells us we should be seeing. The Bible is always right on. If, you're, if you are reading the Bible and you're thinking, well, wait a minute, that's not what's going on here. Well, there's something wrong with your thinking. It's not the Bible that is the problem. Now, I warn against this. We don't, some people go too far. There's some of these so-called prophecy ministries and everything that happens in the newspaper, they try to find a Bible verse for it. Remember 9-11 happened and they found in Isaiah referred to the towers falling and suddenly that was... How many of you saw that? You remember that? You remember that? 9-11, the towers of Isaiah? Some of you? Raise your hand. Let me see. Okay, I just want to make sure that you weren't in a coma. Because <laughs> it was everywhere. A bunch of these prophecy teachers were quoting that verse and it didn't have anything to do with New York City. You know? So you've got to be careful of that. But when you're reading your Bible and you're thinking, wow, that's happening... You know, then you know you're 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 onto something there. I mean, as it was in the days of Lot, the whole alphabet rainbow people and all that. Just one of the examples. But here's the world's ongoing conflicts according to the Council on Foreign Relations. They're a bunch of globalists, but they think they're going to do, put away uh, these conflicts through their plan. See, they, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderbergers and these guys that get it together at the Bohemian Grove and the Club of Rome and uh, the uh, Trilateral Commission and the Jesuits and the Masons. And you, you got to, Satan doesn't put.
eggs in one basket. So don't be surprised that there's a thousand groups out there all working really for the same goal. And really what's kept them from succeeding is pride and greed. Everybody wants to be the big cheese and they fight each other. They want the same thing. And eventually though, one guy's gonna step up and take over. But if you look at the map, I'm not gonna take time to go through all this, but just you can look every one of those lines to the right is a different war going on. Why are you only hearing about the one in uh, Ukraine? Why? Another Bible verse, 1 Timothy 6.10. Is that the right reference? What are you, what, what's the... Love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, amen. It's all about the money. You're hearing about Ukraine because they have to make you, they're trying to make you think we've got to send $100 billion over there every six weeks. Because it, it's a fight for democracy. That's what I said. Yeah. So if you don't send $100 billion every time Congress gets together, we're going to lose democracy. Doesn't have anything to do with that. It's about the so-called military-industrial complex and a bunch of our congressmen and senators and other people who fund their campaigns making money. That's why they ignore almost everything on that list over there. They don't have a, you know, skin in that game, as they say. They're not going to make a buck. This is the other end of the other side of the world. You got same thing, just different labels on it. We don't have time to go through it all, but that just gives you a visual. And that doesn't include the drug wars, the persecution of Christians all over the world. I mean, there's just all kinds of other conflicts going on that that didn't even address. So when Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars, because we don't even know what's going on, we just hear about it through the grapevine, so to speak. News media doesn't cover it. Our government doesn't tell us anything. How do you hear about it? Rumors. <laughs> yeah. The Bible is so precise, right down to the very word to describe what's going on. Yeah. Rumors. <laughs> and then back to verse 3 says, Neither shall they learn war anymore. That's what the humanists. The people who talk about the power of the human spirit and all that kind of stuff, that's what they think they're going to do on earth. They're going to bring, bring peace. All I am saying is give peace a chance. You know? I mean, they meant well, but it's not going to happen. We are the world. You know. <laughs> After Jesus returns, there will be one major conflict. That'll truly be the war to end all wars, that's at the end of the millennium. Mm -hmm. Jesus will put an end of all these wars and rumors of wars, and for a thousand years peace, and then there'll be one last war. And that's how they sold on getting America involved in World War I. It was the war to end all wars. Mm -hmm. 30 years later, we're in World War II. Been over, I don't, can't remember how many uh, major conflicts, and I think it's over a hundred. I mean, I can't remember the number since World War II that was supposed to end all wars. Look at Revelation 20. We get ready to wrap this up with the final verse there. Or the fourth verse in our study. But Revelation 20, 7 through 9. Look what it says there. And when the thousand years are expired, that's the end of the millennial kingdom, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Why would God do that? Everybody asks me that all the time. I'm like, because he's got his reason for wanting to put Satan down one last time. 
He's given everybody in the millennium the same choice. He just made them wait a thousand years. But he's given them the same choice he gave you. The same choice he gave Adam and Eve. That's all it's about. If he didn't let Satan loose and give people real choice, it wouldn't be just, wouldn't be honest. You know, God's just and honest, perfect, holy. So verse 8, what does Satan do? And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Back in Isaiah, there's a Gog-Magog war. It's not the same as this. Just because they're the same names, that means the same war. Germany was in World War I. Germany was in World War II. Obviously, they were the same war. Because Germany was in both. You see, that's what they do with the Bible. There's two Gog-Magog conflicts. The first one, five out of six will be destroyed. It'll be a Muslim confederacy with Russia and, and uh, Turkey and other Muslim countries. This is going to be Gog-Magog and all the other nations. And it won't be five out of six. It'll be six out of six. Yeah. It's not the same. So verse 9, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. Go ahead and read that with me. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. <laughs> the end. <laughs> as far as war, that's it. That's the war to end all wars. <laughs> but during the thousand year reign of Christ, there will be peace and prosperity. And that's what verse 4 is describing. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. And that's what kings and gurus and dictators and cult leaders, the United Nations, Marxism, and others have promised this same thing. And they've all failed. One of my favorite memes, somebody in the UK I think made this. Socialism. No, never has one man been so celebrated for inspiring so much failure. Karl Marx. He was a failure, and he's in hell right now, and he has been responsible for tens of millions of people being killed. And he's never produced a successful government on the planet. Mm -hmm. Venezuela is Marxist. It's the poster boy for Marxism. Go visit there. See what you think of that. And then verse 4 says, And none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts hath spoken it. Isn't that when they be gathered against Jerusalem, all the saints, and I believe we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. And the whole world gathered against us. You know what? We won't even need deodorant. <laughs> There'll be no sweating going on. We're going to look. Jim's going to look at and say, hey, "Greg, watch this. <laughs> Remember this? I paid attention." <laughs> And we're just going to sit back and watch. And then we already read. He's going to speak and kill them all. We don't have to lift a finger. We're just going to watch. So there will be world peace under King Jesus. Not until then. And we know it because God said so. And over and over and over, whether we're talking about Bible prophecy or you're talking about your soul, it's about God's Word. We know what's going on in the world. God is in control. Everything's going to work out the way He said because God said so and He never gets it wrong. And He said, you're saved by the blood. Amen. And if you have placed your faith in the death, bound, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, having repented toward God with faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ, you are eternally saved 
Nothing can come between you and the love of God. Amen. Eternal life. You have it. It's not something you're hoping to get. You have it. And you know it. It's going to happen because God said so. Amen. And I tie it in with it, you know, just to bring it full circle, what I started with with my dad. I, I know he was a believer. I know it. And I know where he is right now. Amen. And so... I'd shed a tear. I'll, I'm sure I'll shed a few more over the next few days. And I'm, Ten years from now, if the Lord's left me here, I'll probably get teary-eyed thinking about it. Amen. But it is, it's only because I want to be with Him. Amen. <laughs> I miss Him, but I want to be with Him with my Savior. Amen. And He isn't going to be upset one bit when I go to heaven. He's not going to be the first person I look up. Jesus will be the first. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so let's close in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 to 11. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, you see it's familiar. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh, cometh as a thief in the night. Read the odd with me through verse 11. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. Every single attempt by man to produce global peace and unity, fail. When we pray for world peace as Christians, we're praying for the return of Jesus. Amen. I mean, if you know what you're doing, and you say, Lord, we look forward to world peace, you're looking forward to the return of Jesus. <laughs> All I am saying is give Jesus a chance. He's going to be the one to bring, a, as he's called in Isaiah 9-6, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful text and all the wonderful scriptures we read and from cover to cover it's all wonderful but there's something just amazing to see how everything is coming to pass exactly as you have predicted it when we rightly divide the word of truth and keep it all in context and don't go off the deep end we just let it speak and look at what is going on in the world and uh, as I said it's such a wonderful peace that we get knowing that your word is true when you say I will never leave thee, thee nor forsake thee when it says that you those who hath the son hath life you tell us we have eternal life it's a possession that we have now it's eternal 
Your word is true. You deserve the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely and patient he must be. He's still working on me. He's still working on me. Jesus, true. Roy.